Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 21 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of October 12th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with uh, Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications for ERS and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Uh, today's a fantastic day, Brian. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, the Linkage Podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with residents, clients, families, and staff members. Kristen, it's uh, kind of post-gala. We had a very successful gala this past week, uh, past Friday, and uh, I think we're all on a high from that. I uh, even touched on a little bit with my guest, Elizabeth Lilly, who lives at Marjorie P. Lee. Uh, we wondered whether or not we should still be talking about the gala, but we both decided there was some things we wanted to, to share, and um, so we uh, had some great conversation. Um, also with us this week, of course, President and CEO Lara Lamb, and she'll give us an update of all that's happening around the ERS communities this week. That's right. We talked about the gala as well, fresh on our minds. Well, great. Well, do you want to start us off with our first uh, first interview? Yes, absolutely. So I had the pleasure of uh, talking with Elizabeth Lilly today. Uh, Elizabeth is one of our board members. She's also a resident at Marjorie P. Lee. And we got together and talked a little bit about uh, adaptability, what uh, we all need to get through these times right now. So let's uh, listen to our conversation. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for being a guest on our podcast today. Well, I'm very glad to be here. I had rarely listened to podcasts before, and I, I did some, I listened to some of the ERS podcasts as sort of prep work for doing this, and I'm, I'm delighted to be doing this. Well, thank you. Uh, and how are you doing today? I have had a great day. As you are probably aware, the lockdown of residents at Marjorie, at all, I believe, of three of the uh, Marjorie P. Lee and uh, Dupree, and I believe also the church home has been somewhat lifted, so we're allowed to go off the campus if we're in a car. And my daughter picked me up with a picnic lunch. It's a beautiful day. We went down, had a picnic lunch by the, in Snail Park downtown. There was nobody there because it's noontime on a work day and people just definitely don't go down to the park for lunch at noontime on a work day. So we had lunch there by the river and then drove back through, up back around up through Columbia, Tusculum and back and around. And I just saw a lot of things I haven't seen since last March because of the virus. So, and it was a gorgeous day to do it. And I got to spend a lot of time with my daughter. So I feel great. That's awesome. It was a gorgeous day today. We're having some beautiful weather right now and it makes all this a little, little bit better, you know, when we're, uh, when we're inside a lot and we're with the same people a lot, it's, uh, it's nice to have that beautiful weather to go outside. Well, I know that uh, you and I were both in attendance of our uh, annual gala, which went virtual this year, this past Friday. And um, it, was, it was a super um, experience, even though it was virtual, it felt very um, 
connected and very uplifting to me. Tell me your thoughts a little bit about what you found inspiring about the gala this year. Well, I think one of the things that is really difficult about this kind of event, well, I've, I've worked in development for some time in the past, is you really want people to remember what what this is for. You know, you are hoping to make money for what? You want to give them a good evening, that they will have a pleasant time. But there's a reason why you're doing all this. And one of the things I thought just worked beautifully was, for example, Curtis Fuller, the MC. It turned out he had worked out at at the station with Tom Craig, who was a Marjorie Peasley resident who died here a few years ago. And he spoke to how well Tom had been taken care of here, how happy he was living here. So that sort of tied it back to the whole thing. And then, of course, the auction had, you know, nice things like a week in somebody's, lovely things like a week in somebody's cabin up near Boone Mountain and so on and so forth. But they also had pay it ahead things on, pay it forward things on the auction. And that's still running till October 1st. And the items for which, um, that, for which you can contribute through the pay it forward auction they are things like prescription eyeglasses for a resident of affordable living, 20 meals for homebound elders through Dupree Meals on Wheels, mm-hmm. um, maybe a, a week of music classes at the Dupree Cottages. Mm-hmm. So there are all kinds of things which really enable, if people look through that list and they see, gee whiz, Two chair exercise classes for $100. There's uh, the services in the chapel for a month for somewhat more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really amazing when you realize all the things ERS does. And, of course, all of them aren't on this list. There's just a lot of them that are, and it gives you some idea of the scope of what they do. I agree. That was a a great innovation for this year. Um, Something new that we tried along with trying a lot of other new things that were forced upon us. But that was one of those things that just seemed like a good fit for this year, especially. And and with your dinner, you got a list of uh, to reminding you of the gala and how it would be broadcast on our local Marjorie P. Lee TV channel and or you could watch it on Zoom. and backing up to the gala and how they hooked it into what ERS does. You know, the Mance Hotel in Walnut Hills, which was mentioned in the Green Book, which was how black people traveling from city to city didn't know where they could stay in the Green Book had a list. The Mance Apartments was on that list. And it, I mean, many of, and the, this was brought out in the virtual gala, many of the great jazz stars and stars and so on of that period stayed there. So again, that, 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 it, that ERS is fixing that up to be affordable living apartments. It, it all ties back from the jazz, from the Mandy Gaines Quartet, who were simply marvelous. Uh, that all ties in with the, with the Nance and again with the goal of what ERS does. Oh, yes. I, I, that was one of the most enjoyable parts about preparing for the gala was getting to see the progress at the Nance Hotel when we were recording the video um, 
it's just amazing that that community there will really um, be something that the residents, those folks that have lived their whole lives in the Walnut Hills area, you know, they can yep. now have even more um, safe and affordable housing right there where they've lived their whole lives. Um, it's just yep, and a, not a have block. to leave their neighborhood. They can stay right. where they have always been. I yes. remember coming twice and how I have, as a board member and so on, I have toured the, now I've got to think of it, Madison Villa, yes. which is an affordable living community, ERS. And I toured it first when we had just, when ERS had just taken it over and it had really been a bad place. The manager, the, the manager who ran it then for the owners then was dealing drugs Mm -hmm. um, all kinds of highly disreputable people hanging around in the hallways. Big sign on the mailboxes saying, if you're expecting a package, you better here, be here when you think it'll come right. because it may not be here very long. Yeah, yes. And residents, uh, we were told, were really kind of frightened to leave their apartments unless they had someone with them. Mm -hmm. Also, the building was a mess. I mean, there was mold on the walls. And, and one of the things that ERS does, which I think is extraordinarily important is they don't just warehouse old people in these affordable living places you know it's nice it's safe it's clean it's attractive mm -hmm. you know you're okay but they always one of the first things they do when take over a new place is build a community room so that there can be a sense of community among the residents you know who your neighbors are. It becomes more like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and less like a warehouse for old people. And that makes all the difference in the whole feeling of the place. The second time I toured Madison Villa, and it was especially interesting because Kathy Eisenland, who has run this part of ERS for a long time now, um, she kept saying, well, you know, we want to do so much more. Well, we want to do so much more. Well, among the things they've already done, had already done at this point, was put a camera outside, security camera outside. The manager's office was right by the main door, mm -hmm. could see what was on the camera, could see who was at the door during the hours the manager was there. Um, and they had... You know, just they put in a good community room and they had physically upgraded the apartments that were so horrible with, you know, mold running down the walls. I mean, mold on the walls from water, which had been running down them. They'd done an enormous amount of work and Kathy kept on saying, but we're going to do more. We're going to do more. And right. they aren't making it into the Ritz, but they are making it into a comfortable and safe neighborhood in which to live, a community, a neighborhood within the building for the residents. Mm -hmm. So they aren't alone in their apartments and a little nervous when they set, set foot outside them. That is for sure. Quite wonderful to watch the progress. That is, and you know, the engagement among the residents in our affordable living communities really is, is very similar to, to that that you experience at Marjorie P. Lee. Things uh, have changed just in every way that you can imagine at, at our communities, especially at Marjorie P. Lee, where you live. Um, talk a little bit, Elizabeth, about um, what it means to you to have the support of the staff there. 
Well, I think the staff here are absolutely, I've always thought they were absolutely remarkable. I don't, you know, when you're hiring new people, I don't know that you can hire for nice, but <laughs> they seem to be able to do that. These people who work here are so nice and their jobs, for many of them, it's not at all the job they signed up for. You know, they signed up, maybe they're a student who signed up to work on tables in the dining room only in the evening. Well, you who were not eating in the dining room anymore, they're bringing meals up to everyone's apartment. Yeah. Um, and, and they just, they seem to enjoy doing it. Uh, I mean, they, and one of the things in connection with the gala, the dining services team prepared a special dinner. Now, the food here is really good anyway, but believe me, the food here was even better at that special dinner. It was kind of a normal menu, but it was just you know, done with greater finesse than usual, and I've never complained about the food here. I'd be an idiot if I did. So that was very nice that the dining services people did that, I thought. Oh, and that's one of the things that Marjorie P. right now, uh, Marjorie P. Lee, because, of course, with the virus, we have had to close the dining room. And the dining room staff, God bless them, have adapted to bringing me to room service for everybody all the time. Yes. Uh, but it, I think that has been one of the most difficult things to maintaining the sense of community. There are, you know, some people eat dinner outside in the courtyard as long as the weather's good, which it's not going to be much longer. And, and so you do get together with people that way. But most of the group activities, of course, have to be have had to be suspended because you don't want groups of big groups of people getting together inside. And I was very pleased to learn last week that they are trying over at Dupree right. a sort of a pilot program to see what they can do about serving in the dining room again, maybe have people come, I think, in this pilot program, they'll try having people come once a week. And so you don't have the whole bunch getting in the dining room together and so on. But, the, but this is a real challenge. And I am continually impressed by how the management, you know, they don't say, oh, well, we can't do that. Yeah. They say, oh, well, all right, how can we do that? And, and I do think that getting the dining rooms opened maybe once a week for each particular person will go back to sustaining the sense of community that is so important. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Well, and you know, time can be a bit of a gift. We've learned a lot about uh, what can be safe and what's higher risk. And um, we're always yeah. trying to figure out ways to, to make things still safe, but yet, you know, more enjoyable and and well exactly more exactly. Um, connected you know, I, one of the people i think is most important here and probably also at dupree is the person who is in charge of what is called life enrichment which is a very fancy sounding term and i just think of it as fun you know making sure there are good movies on the local tv channel on our local tv channel here in dupree i think they can get them on, on possibly on their computer. I don't know what, but it's different. Dupree is not the same as Marjorie P. Lee. The problems are different and the solutions are different, but 
everybody, all of the management and staff, seem to be very aware of the need of innovation, of finding solutions for new problems instead of just throwing up their hands and saying, well, we can't do that anymore. You know, and I, that is enormously important and makes an, an immense difference to living here. That is so true. Well, um, it's been a joy to interview you today and um, get to connect with you. It's one of the, the things that I miss most about the, our new normal is not uh, being in the communities, not um, seeing the residents every day. But I love that through these podcasts, we're getting to have some really important conversations. And Elizabeth, I thank you so much for joining us and for, for all your- Well, uh, I've enjoyed it very much. I, I've, I've never done a podcast before. And I don't think I've, when I first moved to Cincinnati about 40 years ago, I did once have a radio interview because it was a WGUC fundraiser, but I just have rarely done this. So it's a new experience for me. And you're not, it's nice to have a new experience after a certain age. And thank you so much for asking me. You bet, Elizabeth. All right, have a great one. Kristen, it's so wonderful always to hear from Elizabeth. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen her, but it's always great to hear from her and enjoy her perspective on life and, and her feedback on the gala. Uh, yes, uh, Brian, we uh, had a wonderful conversation. She was having a terrific day getting to uh, drive around a little bit in the neighborhood, see the fall foliage, and um, just enjoy an afternoon uh, having a distance lunch with, with her daughter. So we had a terrific conversation. It's good to hear. And along those same lines, uh, a lot of things are changing for our communities right now. Uh, the more we learn about what's safe and what's a higher risk, um, just gives us um, more ways to, to make life enjoyable even in these times. So uh, I know Laura is gonna touch on that in your conversation. So uh, let's hear Brian and Laura talk about things around the ERS communities this week. So I'm back this week with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. How are you, Laura? I'm doing well, Brian. How about you? I'm doing great. Great. And it's the week after the gala and it's, uh, it's been a lot, a uh, lot going on, but it's uh, nice to come back together and, and uh, have an update with you. And I think we've got some some really great topics this week to talk about. And I thought I'd start, um, maybe we'll start with the gala actually, and, and talk about just the success of that night and your impressions of it. Oh my goodness, Brian. Um, the Together We Will Rise gala, our first virtual gala was a huge success from so many perspectives. So yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, so to your point, it was our first virtual gala. So it was almost, I, I think I commented, almost like putting on a TV show this year. But I think it had a nice mix of, you know, being able to kind of talk about the state of ERS and um, some entertainment and, and, and then kind of give a great update on the manse. And, and I, don't, I don't know, was there any part that you really enjoyed? I, I really enjoyed your speech on kind of the state of ERS, quite frankly. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It was fun to be able to give, um, kind of pay a tribute to the wonderful accomplishments of the staff and mm -hmm. remind all of us that, you know, the pandemic is not the only thing that we're doing. You know, there's a lot of 
really right. good work that we've been able to advance. So it's great to be able to share that with such a large audience. You know, we had, we estimated that um, 300, um, I'll say devices were right. watching wow. <laughs> because, you know, you think about it, like my aunt in Florida, there were at least, you know, her husband was with her. So, you know, right. there's at least two people. So, right. you know, 300 devices were signed, signed in for our session. Yeah. With all the residents, maybe socially distanced, but maybe on the closed circuit at Margaret yeah. and maybe spread out in event centers. For, so that was great. And I think they got some special meals and things like that uh, like to go along with it as well. They did. They did. I, I think every uh, Joy and her team, our fund development team did a great job of just setting even though we were virtual, that we can make this a, a little mini party. Yes, it's different, but, you know, we, as you know, we had our coffee and information with our Marjorie Lee residents and right. several residents said that hands down, this was absolutely the best gala that they've ever attended. Um, that the format just really worked for them. They could hear everything, they could right. see everything. And so that was really good feedback. And then, you know, in terms of our goal, you know, this represents um, nearly one third of our annual goal wow. for fundraising. Yeah. And um, that means that um, on a gross level, um, our target was $300,000. And she's very, very optimistic that we're going to um, meet that gross target. And of course, expenses were down because it was a, a virtual right. event. So right. that is, um, that's a win-win. <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's amazing. I mean, I'm sure when we, all this kind of broke out in the spring and summer and we were thinking what we were going to do and how successful we could be in raising money in this environment, you must be really proud of Joy and her team uh, and the work that they did put, put all this together and be so successful. Well, I would add one more person to that I'm so proud of. So yes, what you said, Joy and her team, but I would also give you and your team a lot of praise and um, congratulations. I mean, to your point, to pull off a video during right. the pandemic and right. a live TV performance. I mean, that's no small undertaking. And, you know, we, we, we had a few glitches as, as you always do, you know, right. Come yeah. on, it's a live yeah. performance. And a little bit of audio glitch there. You, you know me, my personality is like, okay, let's focus on the positive. We just right. pulled off an incredible feat. And, you know, I, we have business partners that attend galas, have attended galas this entire pandemic. And mm -hmm. one in particular, um, good friend of mine that works at our, one of our bank partners um, reached out and said, this is the hands down, the absolutely best gala, virtual gala I have attended. Yeah. It was engaging. It was meaningful. It was professional. And those are all, you know, success criteria that we, we had aspired to, but to hear from one, uh, someone that's attended far more galas than I ever will. Um, that was really, really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was nice. And, you know, being there on site and, kind of working behind the scenes, you all really brought the energy and, and shared some great, great, uh, great stuff with all the public. So no, I, thank I you. Thank you. It was, it was an honor to be a part of it sincerely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, till next year. Yeah.
So the other thing I thought I'd bring up, um, you had sent out a uh, letter to uh, residents here at our uh, independent living residents at our Marjorie P. Lee and uh, Dupree House uh, communities that um, we were, I guess the risk management and our management team have really been looking at how we can, um, I guess, kind of lift some of the restrictions um, and uh, kind of work with the residents to um, provide some opportunities that haven't been available over the last six months. And I wonder if you could share those with, uh, with our listeners today. Yeah, I mean, I've shared a couple times with staff and residents and on this podcast that, you know, when you hit the six month mark of anything, I think it's really a time to regroup. And I think that's happening at all levels, not just in our organization, mm-hmm. but um, at, the, at the federal level and the state level. So sure. the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services issued some new guidelines a couple weeks ago and you know, asked organizations to think about, frankly, that the weather was going to get colder. And although they absolutely prefer outdoor anything, that they understand that that's not gonna be realistic in the middle of winter for an older adult. So they've put together new guidelines for us to think about, you know, indoor visits and dining and a whole host of issues. But the the one thing that we started um, as we unpack it, that we thought we wanted to um, start sooner rather than later was specific to people that live in more of an independent living setting. So that would be Marjorie P. Lee's independent living area, Dupree House's independent living area. Mm -hmm. And start with those and frankly, um, take a baby step (laughs) and learn from it. And, you know, we may have to make some mid-course corrections, which we typically do with anything that we start. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's, let's not hold off until we have everything buttoned up before we decide what to do. So the the guidelines that we shared last week are that um, we encourage residents to um, maybe get in the car with masks on with the people that they live with or maybe just one or two that they've been with at Dupree House as an example and wear their masks and drive around and look at the beautiful fall foliage and um, just just that in and of itself, you can imagine if you've been, you know, if you feel like you've been on campus since March, other than a doctor's appointment, how liberating that is. Right, right. Um, the other thing, as you know, is we've, we started a concept with our staff to say, you know, if you're going on a vacation and you go to a place that puts you at more risk, you have to quarantine. And that's been the policy since day one. But we introduced a concept called, we we coined this phrase, I think it's fun, a safecation, a safecation. So for staff, for the last couple um, months, we've been thinking about how to safely get away Mm -hmm. and do things that wouldn't require quarantines. For example, you know, driving to um, a state park and staying in a cabin is much, much safer than flying on a plane to Las Vegas and going to a casino. I mean, nobody can argue that. That's a different risk profile, right? (laughs) Right. 
So what we're trying to do is we've tried to encourage staff to do safe, safecations and it's been hugely successful. Yeah. And so we decided that that concept really should also be prevalent for independent living residents at Marjorie Lee and Dupree. So we're encouraging them to plan a safecation, maybe go to their daughter's house for a week of respite, um, you know, doing all the things and they have to, they have to promise that they're going to social distance and, and wear their face mask at all times, even with their family members. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, I'll use myself as an example with right. my in-laws. It feels, it feels awkward at first, but frankly, I think most of us are over the, the, the mass things and just realize that it's just a way of our life right now. And it is, as you've heard me say, the single most effective thing you can do to prevent uh, the spread of COVID. So wear your masks. Um, So yeah, it's been exciting. And I guess there's one thing I would like to clarify, Uh because I mentioned Dupree and Marjorie Lee, and I always like to be inclusive and people in the audience might be saying, well, you know, what about ECH? Right. Well, ECH has had these liberties a little bit more than Marjorie Lee and Dupree because the patio homes in Dudley Square, independent living, is not licensed. Yeah. So we've issued guidelines and the residents of Dudley Square have been nothing but wonderful about um, uh, adhering to the guidelines, but it hasn't been as restrictive as our licensed independent living areas at Marjorie Lee and Dupree. So I just want to put that out there as kind of a, if people are thinking, well, why isn't she talking about ECH? So in essence, Marjorie Lee and Dupree are catching up with um, the patio homes at Dudley Square. Yeah, because of that licensing and more congregate, congregate nature. Congregate nature, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, to your point, we just we we've we've learned a lot over the last six months, and uh, you know, I, I think that that teaches us how to proceed, you know, in baby steps safely. And and it's been fun to hear just a few residents' feedback about how giddy just to go out for a drive they are. So that, that that's the biggest one is the excitement of going through a bank uh, drive through <laughs> That's yeah. the one that yeah. I just loved. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. We just want to be outside. That's for sure. Myself included. Yeah. Well, Laura, thank you so much again for joining this week with, with some, some, some good news. And, uh, and we appreciate you as always joining us uh, each and every week. I enjoy it. Thank you for including me. All right. We'll chat, chat with you next week. Brian, I really enjoyed hearing from Lara today. Um, you know, it was uh, wonderful her her comments at the gala, and it was and it was good to hear how things just keep moving forward for us. And uh, it's always reassuring to know that um, she's got her finger on the pulse of everything that's going on at MBRS. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always good to have a week of more good news and and sharing, you know, kind of the recap of the gala, and of course. Uh, some of the, you know, positive developments for our residents and independent living at Marjorie and Dupree uh, that can uh, maybe have a little bit more time outside the community than they've been used to over the last six months. 
So with that being said, uh, Kristen, I want to thank all our listeners for joining us for this latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, uh, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have a lot of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and much, much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, we love hearing from our listeners. Please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including Elizabeth Lilly, and of course, a special thanks to our president and, and uh, CEO, Laura Lamb, for always being available to provide, our, provide updates on what's going on throughout ERS. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll look forward to uh, our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. Hey, Brian. Thank you. See you soon.